comes a time when even gods must die. Coming this September, Superman Doomsday, the all-new original movie, only on DVD. Inspired by the best-selling graphic novel of all time, The Death of Superman. This gripping story reveals Superman in love, Superman in battle, and for the first time, Superman Clark. defeated. The Man of Steel returns stronger, darker, more dangerous than ever before, with over 70 minutes of special features. Own Superman Doomsday, the all-new original movie, only on DVD. Will you miss the fight over my dead body? Jennings and this is the 24 Frames cast and on today's episode I will be kicking off a new retrospective series with a look at the DC and Marvel animated universes. Now like a lot of people out there I do like the superhero genre and I've noticed on a lot of podcasts they tend to follow the kind of the latest releases and you know all credit to them I am a big fan at the moment of the Hollywood Saloon um, and the shows they are currently doing on this year's uh, superhero releases. But I've decided, rather than kind of um, tread on familiar territory, I'm going to try and kind of look at another aspect to the world of the superhero film and franchises that you might not be that aware of. And that is the animated films that have come out over the past few years from both DC and Marvel. Now, I've decided I'm going to break out this retrospective into kind of uh, two, really. I'm going to do a series on the DC films and a series on the Marvel films. And I'm going to kick off really first with the DC films. And the first film I'm going to be looking at um, is Superman Doomsday. Now, before I get into my kind of take on the film, I just want to kind of talk a little bit about kind of Superman before I do. Now, I'm a huge fan of the Superman character. I haven't read, by my own admission, a lot of the Superman comics. But as a child, I think Superman was one of those films that was really played on rotation almost endlessly with me. I think it is a real kind of classic piece of American culture and you might kind of think that I'm kind of taking the pistol when I kind of say that or kind of um, exhibiting some kind of reverse snobbism and I'm, I really am not I honestly um, feel that there's a very annoying elitist attitude that I come across when I talk about kind of comic books and um, comic book culture with people that I know I once had a quite kind of ferocious debate with um, not even a friend of mine just an, an acquaintance who was kind of slagging off American culture and society and it really doesn't know I mean there was you do come across it quite a lot actually I think in Britain where people kind of they say that um, Americans have no culture or that they kind of they're kind of stupid and these kind of very kind of idiotic type statements and my kind of counter argument for what they were talking about was you have to look at America as being quite a young country especially in kind of terms of its evolution into the extraordinary country that it is today and just because it doesn't have kind of thousand year old literary pieces of work lying around it doesn't mean that you can kind of dismiss things like Superman and other whole kind of comic book 
culture as being in any way less important than, for example, the works of Shakespeare. And again, I, I really am not trying to take the piss. I honestly do think that this type of attitude that people have, that somehow time equals more important, is totally and utterly wrong. And in fact, it's one of the things that I do love about Superman, is that it is really such a classic piece of Americana and perhaps I'm kind of naturally biased to kind of love it quite a lot because I do obviously have quite a um, strong attachment to the country that perhaps I'm a little bit blinkered when I kind of talk about it but for me anyway I think it is a bona fide classic piece of literature not only modern literature but of all time and Superman is a character that's very important to people and certainly it definitely you know Again, I come up with this thing when I was a child. I used to watch those films, and to an extent, I kind of did gauge some kind of understanding of right and wrong from watching those films. And of course, you know, Christopher Reeve as well. The older I've got, the more touching and brilliant I find his performances. But obviously, I think we all kind of know with the Superman franchise, it really did kind of um, fall by the wayside with uh, the third and fourth installments. I personally absolutely love. Superman 2. Um, I don't know whether I'd say I'd love it more than the first film, but to me, I would pretty much say they're on a par, and I know some people will kind of um, dismiss that, and obviously, I, you know, I kind of completely see their point that Superman 2 is the one that's perfect. And when I talk about the, the version I love the most, it's definitely the Richard Donner cut, which I've uh, gone back to many, many times in recent years. But obviously, I was excited as anyone really when Superman Returns was announced and came out, and Again, I, I know a lot of people who were very, very disappointed with that film. And I think if you look at Superman Returns as being part of a trilogy of Superman, Superman 2, I think it is quite a satisfying trifecta of films. Obviously, you, know, you have to ignore 3 and 4 because they are pretty shit, but I did enjoy Superman Returns to an extent. I know it's got massive problems. Um, one of the things I really did love about it was uh, Brandon Routh in the lead character. I'm quite... Uh, sad actually that he's not going to be in the new film but you know hopefully Zack Snyder will uh, do something pretty great with it I'm a big fan of Snyder you probably know from the Watchmen show but I think post Superman Returns there was a collective kind of feeling of I would say to an extent apprehension about what was to follow so I think it kind of was a slightly smart move on the part of DC to do the first animated film in the series as being a Superman one and especially as they went for possibly one of the most popular of all graphic novel comic book lines, the death of Superman as the basis of the story for Superman Doomsday. Now, what I am not going to do during this retrospective is constantly compare the films to the graphic novel they are based on. I think I've talked about this in the Watchmen episode, but I'll talk about it again. You have to, in my opinion, differentiate between the novel and the film. If you just sit there going, well, the film doesn't have this in it and the novel did and blah de blah de blah, it's just such a pointless exercise because, and, I, and I'm, again, I'm going to repeat myself here, but I know someone who hates The Lord of the Rings because it does not have the character of Tom Bomber doing it. I'm sorry, and it, as heinous as it sounds, I enjoy The Lord of the Rings films more than I do the books. I think they are brilliant adaptions. And it applies to a few other things as well where you know, um, the Red Riding um, series of books, which were made into a trilogy, actually. There's actually four books, but they were made into three films. Um, I watched the first film, and 
I did did fall into the trap, I suppose, of sitting there going, well, this isn't in the uh, book and that's not in the book. But at the end of the day, was it a kind of good film? Did it actually tell a decent story? Was I interested? Yes, it did. It was a good adaption. And that's the key, I think, adaption. You are not, you cannot make in the feature film format a verbatim, word-for-word copy of the novel. There is simply not the canvas for this to be done. So for the purpose of this, I will not be sitting there saying, well, you know, this is this isn't in, that's not in, because it's completely self-defeating. What I will be doing is judging these films on their individual merits as films. So anyway, what is this one actually all about? Well, Lois Lane, played by Anne Hesch, or sorry, voiced by Anne Hesch, is enjoying her relationship with Superman, voiced by Adam Baldwin. Although she suspects Superman may in fact be Clark Kent, she's not 100% sure. The couple spend most of their time at the Fortress of Solitude and one day are disturbed by a monster called Doomsday, accidentally released by workers on a LexCorp dig, Lex Luthor of uh, voiced by James Masters, that is rampaging through Metropolis. Superman must fight the monster but is apparently killed, dying in the arms of Lois and leaving the world in mourning, the type not seen since the death of Diana. Lex, who nonchalantly kills his assistant for knowing it was LexCorp that released Doomsday, sees an opportunity. As Metropolis begins to succumb to crime, evildoer Toyman goes on a rampage, but is stopped just before killing Lois by none other than Superman. Only this one is different. He lectures old ladies on how to take care of their cats and doesn't recall even sleeping with Lois. What is wrong and what is Lex up to? Surely Superman can't be this born-again wanker. I will start with what I did enjoy about Superman Doomsday. Firstly, we are spared the origin story and, you know, Everyone knows the origin of Superman, and don't forget this was the time, I suppose, like 2007, when uh, Superman Doomsday came out. I, I'm probably right to say, although I haven't actually watched it, I'm pretty certain um, Smallville would have been pretty big. And we don't need it. We know where he comes from. We know who his dad is. We know where he lived. We know who he, he's sleeping with. We don't need to see that again. So, luckily, I think, we kind of spared that, and we can just get on with telling the story. The animation to the film, I think, has a real kind of filmic sensibility to it. In fact, the, the entire film does. There is, well, I know it sounds slightly stupid, but it, it seems like there's a lot of coverage being shot. And you kind of get this kind of editing style that is really kinetic and I think kind of comes from the Pixar stable, really. Not in terms of how it looks, but in that sense that they're making a film that is also cartoon and because you know before I mean cartoons being quite kind of static and very uh, I suppose almost kind of basic in their visual approach and certainly I think Superman Doomsday looks incredibly good I like the presentation of Lexi's baldness and I don't know how much I, I've not actually just for the record I've actually not actually read the uh, the graphic novel of the death of Superman so I don't know how he looks in that but they've gone for the bald Lex and again I you know, might have something to do with Smallville perhaps it kind of people were quite happy with that I know Spacey obviously was uh, bald in um, Superman Returns and uh, you know, I, I have seen um, read quite a lot of the comics where sometimes he kind of wears a wig and things like that but they've gone for this kind of bald chisel looking Lex yeah, and he does look pretty good Superman is absolutely huge in the film and he completely dwarfs any other character how the fucking hell Lois hasn't worked out that this kind of hulking Clark Kent isn't Superman I mean she, she must be probably the thickest person on earth and the fact that she's a reporter as well just makes her even more idiotic for the record, I've never really been a fan of Lois. I've always found her slightly annoying. I don't know, perhaps it might come back to Margot Kidder or something like that. But it's like, 
the fact that she's so blind to the fact who he is. I mean, I, she's got obviously got her inkling in this, but you know, for Christ's sake, love, you know, just measure his chest or something. I'm sure you'll work it out. But you know, Lois herself as well. You know, she is the sexuality factor is wrapped up to a factor of ten. She is constantly wearing very short skirts with you know a big kind of cleavage on show. The less we see of Lois in general, I think, the better, to be honest with you. Because, like I said before, you know, that, that character does seriously, seriously piss me off. But you can tell also that the filmmakers have kind of gone for kind of a fairly adult audience. I don't think this is a particularly kind of child-centric piece of work. There is a lot of violence, actually, in the film, especially when Lex shoots his assistant. It's a fairly kind of brutal scene, and obviously kind of, they do a cutaway. They don't show it in its uh, gory details. But, you know, it's... It's quite adult stuff, and you know, there's a few neck snappings, and uh, you know, genuinely, I was kind of pretty shocked, I suppose. And going back to kind of Superman Returns, I think I saw things in this which I kind of kind of wanted to see in that film. I wanted to see that film a little bit more, kind of, um, I suppose, a slightly more modern take on Superman. But you know, obviously, we can't kind of cry what that film wasn't. There's some, as well, I think, some really kind of like striking imagery. Um, what we actually find out is the fact that Lex has actually uh, cloned Superman and we see kind of pods of fetal Superman that are kind of destroyed by the rogue one that's gone on the rampage through Metropolis and I don't think it's necessarily gratuitous what we see I just think it's DC kind of saying that you know, yeah you know I suppose kind of younger audience will get this but there's also some stuff in there for the older fans, and I, I do kind of salute the filmmakers for um, for taking you know a chance with it. In in the UK, it is a, a twelve certificate as well, and I think above all, really conceptually, I like the film. The idea of Superman dying, and I mean, it's pretty obvious that he actually hasn't, but it's still quite kind of a um, a big thing in the canon of Superman. If you were to kind of go out to films, nothing like this really kind of happens. Obviously, we have in Superman 2 where he kind of gives up his power for Lois. That's the other thing as well, like, you know, Lois, you know, sorry, going back to Lois bashing, but why why didn't she in Superman 2 kind of like try and talk him out of giving up his powers? You know, you can see what she does. In my mind, she ruins that guy. He should have just said, you know what, fuck off, Lois. I don't really like you that much. She's the real villain of that film, I think. You know, General Zod's just obviously there, but it's Lois who I think we can blame for almost kind of destroying the world because she should have put her foot down and just told him to get on with it and, you know, understood the fact that, uh, you know, he's obviously a superhuman alien and kind of tried to kind of keep him on the uh, path of saving the world. But anyway, again, I'm not going to get into Lois bashing with Beer all night, but I do admire what the directors tried to And there was actually three directors in the film, by the way. Um, Bruce Tim, Laura Montgomery and... Brandon Vietti, who I think do a pretty good job of presenting a very interesting looking and quite, I think, risque story. However, there are a number of things that I think make any kind of recommendation for Superman Doomsday come with a few caveats. Now, firstly, the thing that kind of pissed me off was that it's only an hour and 15 minutes and this film does feel rushed and I think it could benefit so much from having a little kind of room to breathe and just to kind of slow down a little bit because it is relentless in trying to tell the story. It never really seems to settle and I found it quite hard, I think, to really kind of enjoy the characters. The actual death of Superman doesn't really have the kind of weight and impact that I think it needs. And I think 
it doesn't take a kind of genius to work out that he's not actually dead, but it really doesn't have the resonance that it needs to. The score by Robert Kroll is, it's not even computer game level quality. And I mean, you, you know, some computer games have absolutely fantastic scores. If, you, if this was in a computer game, it would annoy you and bore you. You'd try and complete the game just so you didn't have to hear it. It is so generic and so dull. And obviously, the big thing is that we associate John Williams and Superman possibly too much. To me, that score is Superman. Without it, it isn't Superman. I mean, I really do hope that in the new film they keep the... Um, John Williams score. I know they did for Superman Returns, and it, it, it's just so integral. It, it, it's almost as important as the cape and the S for me that you keep the John Williams score. And without it, I'm sorry, Superman Doomsday just does not feel like proper Superman outing. It feels like I don't know. It feels like this is the canon version of a Superman animated film. Yeah, you know, we saw they did to three and four, but it just seems. I don't know, like it lacks a certain kind of prestige without it. And I was kind of, whilst watching the film, constantly kind of had this nagging doubt that this was just really kind of Diet Coke Superman. And again, you know, although the kind of Superman looks great and that, you know, the voice acting's okay, he does seem strangely devoid of the personality and humanity that I got from the films. And I know obviously it's an animation, but it's a completely different kind of um, kettle of fish. But I still felt that I really wasn't watching the Superman that I kind of knew and loved. And, I, you know, I guess it, perhaps you could sort of say it's kind of me not being able to kind of get over my uh, kind of childish, or so I say, kind of childhood adoration of the character. But like very much I found with um, things like the Star Wars, the Clone Wars cartoons, which I was I was actually doing a kind of running blog on those, but I had to kind of give up because it just felt so kind of unengaging to an extent. And that is what I think kind of Superman Doomsday kind of really is. It isn't the most kind of gripping or, I suppose, exciting as it should be. And it quickly, I know it's, you know, I complained it's only kind of an hour and 15 minutes, but it did kind of begin to drag towards the end. And it was because really, I think deep down, I really wasn't that kind of interested in the story. And of course, you know, the other thing that kind of pissed me off as well is that I know it's only t completely minor and it's only for a few seconds, but we do get a kind of a Kevin Smith um, cameo. And I was just like, you know, you know, whatever, Joe you know, Christ. I mean, when you're kind of like having to resort to kind of, Kevin Smith cameos, it kind of does sort of say that perhaps the uh, creative juices weren't exactly flowing when the project was conceived. So kind of really in conclusion, I think Superman Doomsday is adequate and that seems such a kind of disappointing kind of word to use in association with it. I think the kind of purists, I think, I think the fact that no one really talks about it, you know, Superman is a massively popular character and you don't hear people raving about this, you kind of it's, it's more of a kind of a, a side note, really, in the Superman world. And I think that's a little bit of a shame because it does feel, I think, like a little bit of a wasted opportunity and a little bit of a letdown. You know, could I recommend it? Well, you know, yeah, I suppose so. You know, if you've got an hour and a bit to kill, then, you know, by all means, chuck it on. But don't expect it to kind of rock your world. And what I kind of hate even more than not liking something is the fact that I just go, yeah, yeah, whatever, it's okay. And because it, 
you just feel with a bit more effort, a bit more tweaking, something a little bit more special could have come out. But, you know, Superman Doomsday, obviously, I think it was an experiment. And it was a, a very uh, successful one. You know, it did make a lot of money. The DVD did shift a lot of units. And um, I think it definitely paved the way for more to come. And the next in this retrospective series will be the Justice League New Frontier. And I will be back very soon with that episode. And that is going to be it for this look at Superman Doomsday. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to contact me, you can do at 24framescast at gmail.com. You can visit the blog at 24framescast.blogspot.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at 24framescast. I'll be in contact soon and many thanks for listening. Bye.